It's no secret that a ton of Hollywood celebrities from Sylvester Stallone to Suzanne Summers and athletes pay thousands of dollars a month for these anti-aging HGH injections because it extends their prime and lengthens their career. They're even prescribed by a number of alternative doctors who claim they're the closest thing that we have to the fountain of youth. But not only are human growth hormone injections prohibitively expensive, they can also screw up your body's natural HGH production and may lead to more serious health problems down the line. The truth is human growth hormone is produced naturally by your pituitary gland. But around age 30, whether you're a man or a woman, declining HGH levels cause your body to start aging faster than normal. And if you've experienced any of the following symptoms in the past 30 days, you may be suffering from decreased human growth hormone production fatigue, decreased sex drive, sleep problems, thinning hair, difficulty concentrating, depression and or anxiety, decreased strength and muscle mass, thinner skin or more noticeable wrinkles, or hard to lose body fat, especially around the midsection. But what if you could experience the benefits of human growth hormone therapy without the cost or side effects? This is where BioPro comes in. BioPro is the faster, safer, easier, non-synthetic alternative to HGH therapy. These guys have developed cutting edge technology that delivers the benefits of HGH without the downsides of synthetic injections. Long story short, BioPro makes you perform and feel better. And if you're a busy professional, entrepreneur, parent, someone who works out, or you're just ruthlessly committed to becoming the best version of yourself, use this stuff. It works whether you're a man or a woman. And you guys know I'm all about making my body better and staying younger longer. And this stuff does that. All you do is crack open the glass vial, hold it under your tongue for 90 seconds and let it go to work. I'm telling you, if you want to feel and function better and have the sex drive you had when you were 20 years old, BioPro is the way to do it. They found a way to leverage the power of nature by combining the growth factors and protein cytokines that you get from using HGH to stimulate your body's natural HGH production. This stuff helps with your metabolism, insulin sensitivity, libido. It helps with muscle development, fat loss, athletic performance, recovery, VO2 max, power, speed. It's fucking magic. It helps with almost everything. What I love about this stuff, I look and feel younger on it. And the company is uncompromising in their commitment to quality and straight up about what their product does and what it is. It's banned in professional sports, but guess what? You can't test for it. So there are a ton of professional athletes using it right now. So go to bioproteintech.com and use coupon code biohacks, and it will save you $30 off your first month's supply. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and enter discount code biohacks to save. This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Katie and Tim. Welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Thank you. I'm here with two of my favorite people at Peak Health in Warrensville, and we are going to talk about cellular optimization, healing, the spiritual side of of healing and self-optimization, and a whole bunch of fun stuff. 
Uh, Tim and I, for those of you listening, are currently hooked up to two NAD drips. So uh, if we go radio silent and Katie is forced to carry this podcast, (laughs) you guys know what happened. Sometimes, I mean, how would you describe the effect that that an NAD drip has on on the human body for our listeners? In real time, it's like a a punch in the gut, like just a wind removing like it's depending on your drip rate. Right. And you're probably feeling that and adjusting it. Cause if you already feel try it. to get a little too, uh, you know, ahead of yourself, you'll have to slow it down pretty quick. Cause it, it, it just really knocks the wind out of you. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. I don't know about you. It's, it's powerful. It's kind of like, if you've ever done like taking a whole bunch of niacin and you get like that weird, yes. uncomfortable flush, yeah. it's one of the, it's, it's similar to that. So anyway, we'll, we, we've kind of decided that we're going to combine the, uh, the interview <laughs> with a little bit of biohacking, yeah. uh, jackass, yes. <laughs> have some fun. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I guess probably the best place to start is Katie, you've been on the pod before mm-hmm. and, um, We'll, we'll link to that episode in the show notes, but maybe for our listeners who aren't familiar with your work, you could give us a little bit of your origin story. Sure. Yeah. So gosh, my origin story. Um, really, I had kind of been suffering with a lot of my own health issues for years and I didn't, didn't quite realize it because it's a lot of things that had been with me since childhood. So those things that you just kind of chalk up to being normal. And then as I got older, there were a few key points that I can point out where I felt significantly worse and new symptoms came on and that kind of thing. But it was a lot of chronic fatigue and pain and brain fog and just those things that you kind of don't ever question because you're just used to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I even remember even as early as when we were first together, certain things where I'd be like, Hey Tim, you know how sometimes you get like burning skin pain and he'd be like, what are you talking about? No, I don't know. Like that is not normal. Like, you should not be feeling that. You know how sometimes you just feel like your body's on fire. <laughs> yes. yes, totally. So a lot of things, you know, like I'd take a shower and I'd have to lay down afterwards because I didn't have the energy to do anything else. Or, um, you know, it was a lot of just pushing through because I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to feel that way. So then it kind of started as a slow progression of, you know, Tim's family has always been a little bit more health minded. So us kind of navigating, how are we eating? What are we doing? And with my medical mind wanting to dive into why does this make me feel better? And how can I do more of it? And how can I heal my gut? And so it was like those little steps at first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then getting into grad school and being in clinical rotations and I realized at that point that I wanted to be all focused on functional medicine. And as I started working with Lyme and mold patients, it's like that light bulb went off and I was like, Oh, not only is this the path I want to be pursuing, but also I was brought here for a reason to figure out that this is what I'm dealing with. Right. So did a lot of labs on myself and was able to uncover a lot of my root causes and realize that there's not that much out there to help people who, who have those issues. And so I just kind of set off on a journey to, to fix my own health issues. And then that kind of snowballed into how can I help other people, whether it's Lyme and mold or something else that doesn't have an explanation, how can I just help people to become the health version of themselves that they want to become? Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's fascinating because I think a lot of our listeners can relate to periods of fatigue or brain fog or even physical pain Mm -hmm. and everyone's at different points in their journey where some people have have started to identify some of the the triggers mm-hmm. some people have even got to like more of the root cause level mm-hmm. and 
some people, even when you have like an idea of what the root cause or the root causes are, then you find yourself faced with the challenge of what's going to actually work. Totally. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause there's a whole bunch of people that are like Lyme literate physicians, but maybe all they do is bombard you with antibiotics for life. Mm -hmm. And if you get off of that train, you you find yourself wondering what healing has taken place, Absolutely. you know? So how, um, what are you seeing? Like if, if we're talking about brain fog and fatigue, what are some of the biggest root causes that you're seeing? And, um, and, and like, I mean, microbes, metals, yeah. um, electricity, I think affects everything. Toxicities. Yeah. That's um, spot on. It's toxins, it's infections, whether it's viral, bacterial, parasitic, fungal, um, it's the EMFs and the electric issues. It's sometimes it's dental work, right. Which relates back to microbes, um, and metals and metals. Yes. And then it's stress too. It's the product of this yeah. stressful world that we live in that keeps our systems in a state where our immune system can't function well. So you may, you know, everybody's going to have some underlying level of these things that they're exposed to. And if it's not too much and your body's strong enough, it won't present as illness. But when you compound now this stress layer on top of it, so mm -hmm. many more people are affected because we're all just living in a chronic state of stress. So yeah. that's a big one that allows a lot of these things to come to the surface because the immune system gets depleted from that stress process. Yeah. I was on, on my way here. Um, I was talking to my buddy, Nick, who, who runs high vibe. And I was like, oh, I'm drinking an adrenal cocktail right now. I feel like I need this. He goes, yeah, you and everybody else alive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because it, it, it is like so many people feel like they've got so much on their plate and, and that sometimes like the, just the challenges of life can be a lot to bear. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is pretty empowering to realize that we have a lot more control over these things. And like, there are tools and people like, like you guys who can help people navigate some of these challenging waters. You've, you, yeah. yeah. I think just to add to that, I think the one thing that our systems lack when it comes to, you know, recovering from those things is the act of recovery and that the constant state of stress that we're in, be it, looking at your phone until the minute you close your eyes, mm -hmm. um, you know, wh whatever it is that you're doing, that's triggering that energetic demand that's preventing you from resting and digesting and, and being able to buffer yourself from, you know, whether it's that exposure, that chronic issue, that even just your workout, right? Like how many people are overtrained uh, or, so or under-recovered because so they think they have to go to the gym to be healthy. Mm -hmm. When the reality is, they're not eating what they need to eat to recover from that session. And they're not sleeping the way they need to sleep to, you know, be buffering themselves from what they're putting themselves through via the family work, you know, and all the other things they're trying to cram in. And that's like in today's society with the instant access to social media, all these things, I think a big part in people's inability and why these health issues are so prevalent. I don't think they're necessarily new, you know, Obviously, certain things are, but you know, when you look at like Lyme disease per se, and I'm not a medical expert by any means, but what's a system 25, 30 years ago that wasn't under this constant state of fight or flight from a social media, you know, or a cell phone in your pocket that could take the 10, 15, 20 minutes where there was actual silence? Okay, mm -hmm. you got to recover. How much more resilient would you be to those symptoms? 
if we still live in an environment like that today. And we don't. And so that's some, you know, some of the things when, you know, we talk to clients that we're working with, it's like, it's not always about addition. Sometimes it's about <laughs> addition by subtraction Yeah, and, and being mindful of that because without that ability to take a moment, pause, you know, meditation seems very woo woo where people think they're doing it. So what are they doing? They're like staring at their phone trying to, you know, count their breaths or yeah, their the phone's telling me when to breathe and when to exactly. squeeze. Like, and when to- <laughs> are you really just disconnected disconnecting and, and and standing outside for 10 or 15 minutes where you can't be your phone can't buzz or, or be pinged and letting your system just get a second to, to just rebuffer yeah to be able to take on the next part of your day and i think that's a big issue well and i think that's yeah. like the exact when we look at like your health journey right like that's exactly why you got so sick between yeah. having you know playing football and having so many concussions you had some mold exposures. Yeah. You overtrained for God knows how many years. Still. And then you... It's part of my daily routine. <laughs> but then you get bit by this tick two years ago. And like, you're maybe the sickest acute Lyme patient that I've ever treated. You know, like yeah. hallucinations and full body convulsions and heart block and Whoa. like yeah. just massively destructed system from these, you know, and the infectious load and the co-infections, like all of that plays a role, but your system was certainly in a state where it was just ready to be tipped over the edge, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. I think uh, uh, so many people like, like a lot of your clients, a lot of mine and a lot of our listeners are realizing we're almost at this precipice where for a decade or two decades or more, we've been doing all this shit that other people tell us to do. And you need to do this to be a high achiever. And this is what your morning needs to look like. And very quickly on this slippery slope of listening to audiobooks at 2x speed and consuming everything that we consume <laughs> yeah. and doing yeah. what everyone has told us to do, we can find ourselves like, I don't like this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's no one's fault but my own. Right? Yeah. I filled my day with shit that I don't enjoy that is not aligned with my soul. And I think the switch that a lot of people are going through now is, is the, the changes that come with a deeper connection to ourself and to actually like what's in our heart, yeah. like not being guided so much by our brain and, and even worse, other people's brains, but being guided by our heart and, and the energetic tuning that comes with that and pausing our phone to have more dialogue with ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, like positive self-talk can't happen if we're constantly listening to other people jabber nope. in our ears, you know? So I think part of this relates to the healing journey is if, if you're in a job you fucking hate, or you have filled your day with shit that other people told you to do that you have no interest in doing, and you're trying to biohack or get labs and while while energetically avoiding some of the deeper work that needs to take place, mm-hmm. we got to put that shit on the table too and start from a place of truth yeah. in order to actually like move forward and heal. And even in the functional medicine community, right? There's so many things that we think we're supposed to be doing. Like yeah. I look at so many women, I'll say like women of childbearing age who are fasting because they think they're supposed to, and they're working out six days a week because they think they're supposed to. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, the first thing we need to do is start giving your body nutrition. Stop fasting. It's terrible for you at this point in your journey and stop overtraining. Like 
You yeah, know? your ovaries think you're on the island with Tom Hanks and Wilson. Exactly. They're not going to let you have a baby. Yes. <laughs> They're trying to let, help you survive. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so there's a lot of things we hear coming in from all angles of what we're supposed to do and what makes us healthy. And it's all about kind of getting back to getting in touch with yourself and, and feeling what actually feels good for your body and what your body actually needs. Yeah, let's go there a little bit because a lot of our listeners are trying to have children or grow their family. and. Um, Two, two new clients that just signed up. It's like the first husband and wife couple that I've coached together, cool. Jamie awesome. and Brandon, like a big, a big part of their vision is they want to start a family. Awesome. And, uh, and Jamie is like super successful entrepreneur. She works her butt off. When we started digging into things, I'm like, you're not eating at all. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, but a, when I eat, I get tired and then I'm not good at my job. B, I get bloating and I don't feel good because I've got some shit going on with my gut. Mm -hmm. And so it gives us a starting place. We're like, all right, how do we give you foods that you can eat to start nourishing your body? How do we figure out what's throwing your gut out of balance? Is it candida or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or parasites or low stomach acid or H. pylori? Like there's a lot of shit, you know, you got to kind of be able to get into the weeds, but I'm kind of curious, like big picture, you need to send, if you want to have a family, both the man and the woman need to send the the signals to their body that they're in a a period of abundance and that uh, stress real or perceived is low. And so what are some of the steps? Like, obviously we need to start eating the fasting and like the, the skipping meals to just constantly work and, and be tethered to our, you know, devices and, and, and work obligations is not the answer. Right. What are some of the recommendations and things that you look into, um, the, the diagnoses and the steps that you help with people that are trying to have a family? Yeah. So it really depends how early they're starting, right? Like for me, becoming pregnant was like a two year journey, not two year journey of trying. It was like a two year journey of how am I going to optimize my health so that we can start trying, right? So yeah. I think the more time you have, like six months is great. A year is fantastic. If you have the, the mindset to be focusing on getting your body ready two years out of time, there's so much you can do. So it really depends on the time window we have, but looking at things from a cellular perspective, how much can we clear out so that, you know, we think we talked a little bit about the stressors of life and our job and our external environment. Yeah what kind of internal stressors are there? So we want to look at what is your toxic load? What is potentially your infectious load and the lifestyle stuff? And are you nurturing yourself? And do we have any, you know, gut healing to do and that kind of thing. Um, But really getting all of that junk out of the way so that the cells can talk to each other properly so that they can function the way that they're supposed to. And then really bulking up on all of that nutrition so that Mm -hmm. the cells are nice and robust and, and they have a lot of reserve because growing a baby, having a baby, feeding a baby, and then not sleeping for the rest of your life takes a toll on (laughs) everything, right? Um, So the more bulked up your system is ahead of time, the better you'll recover, the better you'll be able to show up for your children, for your spouse, for the career that you want to continue. So I really recommend ideally looking at all of those things before you conceive. And that's not to say, you know, some people will come to me and they're like, 
you know, from a time perspective, I'm in my mid to upper thirties and I want to start trying to conceive in three months. And then, so that maybe changes how much we can do in that time, but Mm -hmm. we do as much as we can. And, and then just, you know, kind of deal with the fact that nothing's ever going to be perfect. And so, Mm um, you know, this is their journey and their timeline. So, so we'll work on the things that are maybe the more, the low hanging fruit, like the nutrition, a little bit of detox, getting the gut to a relatively good place and then kind of saying, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So things that, that everyone can do, right. That will help with fertility. Touch into, I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily touch on the fertility point, but relative to being, you know, getting your body ready to have a family, both from a male and female perspective. What I would say is think about, um, some people classify aging as a disease, right? So let's just look at that as an example. If you were 70, what kind of potential, uh, reproduction, like what would be the health of that baby? What would be the potential outcome of that situation? Right? So rewind and wherever you're at, in your realistic journey, figuratively speaking, of when you want to have a baby, get your body in an optimal state so that you can have the best chance for signaling that you're ready, want to reproduce, that that child or the you know future child has the best possible surroundings and environment to grow, be healthy, mm-hmm. and to have a smooth and recovery in that process for females and for males. Because like, you know, it's funny, think about a, a marathon. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to run the Chicago marathon, what does everybody do? Like things start to change, right? You go through this process of training and you start eating better. Like that process of being in your optimal state to then start reproducing should take some mindfulness on the back end and some steps along the way to get your body in peak condition, just so you're putting your best, you know, foot forward to give what you're trying to produce the best chance for healthy outcomes. And That's so I think, forward. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, getting, you know, too graphic out there, but it's like, I think people need to think of it that way and not just this like event, like going to the grocery store, right? Like, yeah. like I'm 35 when I have a kid, uh, you're ovulating, let's have sex. And then, Oh, you're pregnant. But so many people struggle. Yeah. And then let's tie back to what we talked about earlier, which is stress. Yeah. Like, are they saying like, this is my, is that, uh, future mom or woman who's wanting to have a baby, like still grinding away as a CEO or trying to found a company mm-hmm. and like, let's take those stressors out of it. Like every other thing going on, like, are you saying like, Hey, this is my time to create another human being. Mm-hmm. And what steps are you taking to ensure that your body's in this state of being able to nourish, create, grow another mm-hmm. human being. And so from both male and female perspective, I think that there should be some mindfulness and planning that goes into having a baby and just getting yourself healthy first going through your journey, whatever window you have, the earlier, the better. Right. And, you know, putting yourself in a, in a position for success. I think, again, I don't want to speak from like a, a medical fertility standpoint, but I believe we would have a lot more healthy outcomes, a lot less, uh, issues with getting, you know, conceiving if people put themselves in an optimal state sure. to start trying to have mm-hmm. a baby, totally. you know, so and it, it gives us, a, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an opportunity for us to look at how well we've been taking care of ourselves mm-hmm. and like, am I giving myself time outside, fresh air, sunshine? Yes. Am I managing my stress at all? Yeah, you know, right. I know I need to meditate, but it's been a month since I meditated. Yeah. Right. Um, 
what type of foods are going in my body? Is it, is it foods that I feel shitty afterwards? Cause that probably means there's some sort of reaction taking place. That's adding stress. And how well are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause if you're, if you're waking up exhausted or, you know, I think a lot of guys will, will find that their libido is off and their sexual energy and all that stuff. A lot of that ties into just not sleeping. Right. And so, and then that becomes a source of stress too. So like looking at, at some of those big things, that's stuff that anyone could do. Right. And so even if you don't have the, if you, even if you don't have a year or two years, you know, in the ideal world, all of those lifestyle things, and that's whether you're trying to get pregnant or whether you have Lyme disease or if you have cancer, or if you're just a normal person who feels good and wants to feel better, optimal sun exposure, yeah. you know, first thing in the morning and getting sun exposure in the afternoon getting your feet on the earth, getting that grounding, proper sleep, proper nutrition. I can't tell you nine and a half out of 10 patients I see are protein deficient, proper stress mitigation, and then minerals and electrolytes. People suck at getting minerals and electrolytes. Yeah, yeah. Um, those, you know, if you can't do any of the other things, those are the things you can do that are free, right? Well, I guess you have to pay for food, but um Essentially, you're not, you know, you don't have to spend your time or your money. Like those are things you can incorporate into daily life that are still yeah. going to improve your outcome significantly. Yeah. Like the, turn off the news and the electronics uh, and all of that. Yeah. Pay you attention know? to what's stressing you the fuck out yeah. and, and maybe allow your attention to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like my workout today was I just went for a run in the sun, mm-hmm. shirt off, soaked it up, did a little stretching afterwards, like nothing crazy, but got some fresh air, got some sun, got a little bit of, of exercise in. Um, so now let's kind of take it to the next level. Cause there are a lot of people that, that are trying to start families and maybe have done those things mm-hmm. and they need to look a little bit deeper They're You know, they've pulled the goalie, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> no, no scores as of yet. Um, where do you start looking for someone that, that is focused on fertility, maybe feels like their health is pretty good. Mm-hmm in terms of diagnostics and labs and, and to identify some of the things that could be interfering. Yeah. Um, I like to get a look at the hormones, simply see what they're doing, right. Have women all need to be tracking their cycles and there's such a lack of education for women. Like young women should be taught how to track their cycles. I can't tell you how many 20, 30 something year old women are in my office and they're like, well, what do you mean day 19? When do I start counting? I'm like, how are we not teaching women how to count their cycles? And why is that important? It's important because when it comes to your fertility and what your hormones are doing, we need to know at different times of the month, your hormones are supposed to do different things. So I want to test those hormones precisely at the time of the month that they're, you know, post ovulation, typically days like 18 through 21. That's where we want to look at what those hormones are doing. That's the most important. We want to know that they do what they're supposed to do after ovulation. Okay. And so that's going to give us typically the best information. Um, So just, creating that awareness with women, looking at their hormones, looking at the basics. I want to know that you have enough nutrients, you have enough antioxidants. There's no, you know, massively glaring, like your B12 deficient and your D deficient, some of those simple Mm -hmm. things. Right. So that's always a good starting point. And then if people are able to dig deeper, I do look at, I find that mold toxicity is a big one that can impede um, fertility and I find Lyme disease in a lot of my patients with infertility. So no kidding. Mm -hmm. So basically a back, a chronic bacterial infection like Lyme or Bartonella can affect fertility and as can mold, which is usually like if you're in a water damaged building or have been in a water damaged building, yeah. 
that can also just, is it just that it causes a, a, such a high level of stress that then the body shuts down reproduction? I would say it's that, right? It turns off some of that hormonal signaling because the body's saying, Hey, I'm in danger. Don't reproduce. Yeah. And then it also comes down to the way the cells are functioning. So back to that cellular process, if you're exposed to mold or you have these biotoxins from infections, a lot of that's getting gunked up in like the membrane of the cell. And then the mitochondria aren't working as well. And the cell signaling is off. So it's kind of a little bit of both the stress signal can mess with the hormones, but so can just the cellular dysfunction. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's kind of go a little bit deeper into like the mold example, mm -hmm. right? So someone comes in, they're working with you guys to start a family and it turns out that they have mold. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that mold is coming from the place that they're living in. Yeah. What do we do? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, so I was going to ask about that. How often is, is remediation a solution? Cause I know clients that have spent $25,000 plus mm -hmm. on remediation and it, I, I don't have a lot of examples of people getting better in the same environment that made them sick. Yeah, it really depends. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes the, the problem is not. So the first step is testing, testing the environment, having an inspector come in. We have a couple of people that we work with who are very familiar with mold illness. So those are the people we typically recommend locally um, and seeing how bad the problem is, because sometimes it is something simple. It's in a very specific location and it can be remediated and everything's fine and the house is fine. And then we also have those people who are spinning their wheels for years remediating one thing and then they find they have a new problem. And so at that point, sometimes I'm like, you know what, you just have to make a decision because mm -hmm. if you continue to be exposed, you're going to continue to be sick. And maybe your best bet is to just kind of move on and find a different living environment, which is also tricky because a lot of buildings are water damaged, you know, mm -hmm. so that's not always the easiest solution, but. Yeah. It's definitely about that starting place to that journey assuming someone's going to stay is about working with someone who knows how to figure out what you have what you're being exposed to mm -hmm. and then obviously the source of that exposure yeah if you can address that like if it's a roof leak right like that's where the source is you fix that remediate the mold and then you can start the process of detoxing yourself and, mm -hmm. and then going through that medical process of clearing your system for mold well now you've addressed the source you've cleaned the environment you're starting to work on yourself. Those are the people that we generally see, you know, positive outcomes with, yeah. but it, it's gotta be a systematic approach mm -hmm. because it, yes, obviously we want to take care of the individual, but it's like, you will be spinning your wheels if you don't address what you're being exposed to on a regular basis. And so it, it is, it's hard. I mean, whether it's lime mold or whatever, you know, it's not, unfortunately it's not an inexpensive process it's not an easy process mm -hmm. but that's where you know some of the stuff we we touched upon briefly if you're not doing any of the self-care and i don't want to act like if you're doing the self-care that the mold is not an issue right. but at least you are giving your system a little bit of buffering so that you know maybe you're not completely debilitated or and you can still work or you can mm -hmm. still function but when you compound those exposures, the toxicity, whatever it is, with the fact that you are on Facebook six hours a day and you can't, you know, shut your mind down to, to give yourself a little bit of TLC. It only makes those issues that are 
very real and much harder to control or much more direct to address than the ones you can just turn off in your pocket. Or like compounding stressors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for so, sure. But yeah, as far as the mold, you just, it's a, it's a systematic approach. Find it, stop the source, make sure that's not going to be a continued issue, remediate what's been damaged, clear up the environment, and then come here and start working through that you know, systematic process of detoxing, really. Teachers yeah. are the toughest. Schools are so moldy and I have some teachers with mold toxicity and they're like, well, I can't quit my job. So, you know, right. you can generally get people better still if they're being exposed, but we can't get all the way there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it totally depends on, on the person too. There's a perspective shift too, that I think can happen. It, it's, which is if we like, look at some of these things, these challenges as opportunities mm-hmm. to grow and opportunities to stretch ourselves and, and develop new skills that maybe we didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, it gives it a little bit more meaning and, um, and, it, and puts it into more of an empowering energy as opposed to like, why is this happening to me? Oh, God, that, yes, you know? that is huge. Yeah. That is huge. Um, and it's also important to recognize that all of us are so much stronger than we think. And like we've had, you know, one of one of our clients, uh, Ricky, he was telling me about some of the stuff that he's been experiencing. And, and then he's like, now my daughter's coughing. And I'm like, well, let's test your place for mold. So we just ran a test. Mm-hmm lit up like a Christmas tree. Like he's like, and he, this is, this was a home that he was about to buy off of his mom. And so he's like, well, what do we do? And I'm like, so then I connect him with you guys to run some additional tests on how much of the mold is in his body and that sort of thing. But you think about like, that just saved him hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. in not buying a home yeah. that would have continued to take him down this path of yeah. like mood challenges and brain fog and fatigue. And now his daughter's coughing and yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, it's also exciting to have uh, more clarity and truth in, in terms of like what's affecting us. Yeah. So we got to kind of practice like coming at it from that perspective. Um, and uh and, and I also don't want to discount like when you're dealing with mold and living in a moldy place, you wake up and you're probably pretty exhausted and yes. you feel like you've been hit by a bus. You feel hungover, you feel yeah. exhausted. Yeah. yeah. But 20 or 30 minutes of gentle exercise or cardio goes a long way in shaking gentle, shit off. Gentle, 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 gentle right, just right. like, you know, just like getting the body moving and breathing, like getting your heart rate up to like yeah. 130, 140, yeah. like yeah. nice and like where you could have a conversation, but you're going to sweat and you're going to open up your detox pathways. And I'm like, sometimes, you know, that, that, oh, I crashed in the afternoon and my day was over. It's like, yeah. did you try like a, a, a cup of yerba mate yeah. or like a shot of espresso if you tolerate that well? Because a lot of people like that's all it takes. So it's like it's also recognizing that while we are making steps to maybe remediate our home or get out of a home environment, there are things that we could do to feel better and that we're not little fragile uh, you know, fragile porcelain eggs. No, you need a solutions based mindset for sure, because if you have that victim mindset, I know it's hard. I mean, I've been there. He's been there. We've all been there. We know. Um, if you have that victim mindset, you are, it affects your limbic system. So your brain is constantly creating new pathways based on what you tell your brain and what your environment tells your brain. So if you're constantly saying I'm a victim, I'm not going to get better. This is awful. Why me? Your -hmm. brain gets stuck in that. And then it just continues to spiral. So that is, that's huge. I mean, 
when I had Lyme, I didn't, I don't think my family knew until like a year after I got into remission because I was just like, doesn't matter. It's not part of who I am. It's just something I'm, I'm facing, I'm dealing with, I'm going to get over and it's going to create new opportunities in my life. Yeah. You know, here I am. Right. And so you make some of your best, your best outcomes out of some of your worst situations. And and a lot of it is mindset. Yeah. For sure. On the added view of that, the mindset of opportunity, Mm -hmm. You know, I've been, uh, Kate knows I get into my little phases, but I'm really into uh, Ryan Holiday and the stoic stuff right now. It's like uh, one of the Marcus Aurelius quotes was like, I'm not upset that this this happened. I'm glad it happened to me because I can handle it. Yeah. And having, shifting your mindset to that. Like I had, we had a client here one time and and she was talking to me about like, I I just want to get better. I said, well, that may be true. What I think you want more than anything is to become the person who, who gets through this and gets better Yeah, because that's where real growth and change happens. It's along in that resistance, along that path Yeah, versus like coming in and just wanting the outcome. Is it, do you really want that outcome or do you really want to be the person that got through the process to get to the outcome? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what it's really about. But uh, I think a lot of times what we really want is, is an emotion or a feeling, Yeah, you know, an experience. And that experience might be a feeling of peace or a feeling of centeredness or a feeling of, of clarity or, or love and gratitude. You know, a lot of people, when, when they're dealing with any type of health challenge, just whether we're talking about just the stresses of life or mold or Lyme, they're like, I don't feel the same emotionality I used to feel. I used to get so excited about things and I don't experience that. It's so much life feels harder. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and oftentimes like, Part of why we're saying, I, I just, I just want to feel better. It's, we just want more of those emotions yeah. that, that are missing from our life. But there's also a responsibility to cultivate that shit yes. ourselves. Yeah. And, and, and it's not to yeah. undermine what people are going through, right? right. Like mold, mold, having mold toxicity sucks. sucks. Having Lyme disease sucks. Like, sucks. Please <laughs> do not take like, when people are being inspirational or motivational or trying to give alternatives. I mean, we've all have had all that shit. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And, and there is, I get it when you're going through that, like it's not easy and it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. So you do your best to try to remember things like this or, or keep that perspective. It's not going to make it any easier because feeling miserable sucks, yeah. right? Like yeah. there's not a lot you can say to the cancer patient going through chemo because one, you're not in their shoes at that time. And two, you know, maybe you've never been in their shoes. And so it is hard, but I can tell you that there's other people going through exactly what they're going through that may have a different mindset mm-hmm. and they're able to handle it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And so all, all of us can try to do is shift what's going on upstairs. It's like yeah. one of the only things you truly have control mm-hmm. of. And so if you're mindful of that, at the very least, then maybe on bad days, they're not as bad as they might be. Yeah. And on, you know, semi-decent days they're, they're they're better days and so that's you know that's all you can kind of try to pass along to someone because you, you can't preach to someone like that because you're not in their shoes you're not in their shoes today and at the end of the day it, do, it does suck this stuff sucks totally and it's okay to have pity parties it some is. of my best growth has come after my biggest pity oh, parties yeah. yeah it happens but <laughs> I love <getting> pity <laughs> they don't happen that often yeah but when they do i'm like i just need you to let me have this pity party because yeah. when it's over I'm going to be in a space where I have more room for growth. And I've learned that about myself is that every now and then when things get overwhelming or health is a challenge or whatever, I need to let myself have a day or two of 
you know, why me? This sucks. This is the yep. worst to come out of it on the other side. So much stronger and ready to take on the next, you yep. know, it's part of that growth. It so is. it's okay the to have those, like, but it's okay. Right. It's mm-hmm. okay to feel like shit. And yeah. it's okay to cry and complain, yeah. but then like accept it for what, what it is. It? Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do about it? Cause it's not changing because you're crying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's nothing wrong with crying and being upset and feeling like shit and, and saying, what was me? But like, at the end of the day, doing that for too long serves nobody, most importantly, yourself. And so yeah, it's like it's that balance of like, yeah. how do I how do I let myself, how do I let my body and brain reset, which comes from like a good cry? Yeah, like absolutely. sob your fucking ass off, like let it all out and and use that moment to experience those emotions to their full heightened like capacity. Yes. You know, experience yes. them as much as you possibly can. And then when you're like like exhausted. It's almost sometimes like a sigh of relief. Yeah, you're releasing that energy. All right, yeah, Yeah. dust myself Mm -hmm. off and let's let's you know keep marching forward. Yeah, yeah. Football is no joke, and and, you know working with you know experienced, qualified professionals is the start. And you know you just got to put one foot in front of the other. It's a process. We everyone can get there. So yeah, yeah. Let's go a little bit deeper on mold. So like you, we, we test the environment, we test the body and we're looking for some of these different mycotoxins. Um, how do we start getting mold out? And, and also like, I want to mention there was, there was this Dr. Diedrich Klinger brought my attention to it. I think it was, uh, one of his colleagues in, I think Switzerland mm-hmm. who pointed out that like mold produces 600 times more biotoxin in the presence of EMF. Yes. So it's almost like a hand in hand thing, which, which complicates the matter of should I move or should I not move? Exactly. Because how much of this is, is the electric environment in that home that's exacerbating the mold issues. And some of that shit may be other people's stuff, you know? Um, But how do we start getting the mold out of the body? And what are some of the protocols? Do you use the cholestyramine or the Weckall or the binders or or what have you found to be effective? Yeah, it depends on the person. The first step is opening up the detox pathways because if you, you know, I see some providers just coming at it with heavy binders. If you don't open up the pathways first, you are just recirculating all of those mycotoxins and all of that junk. So opening up liver, kidney, you know, getting your gallbladder flowing properly, making sure the gut is moving well, at least daily, a couple times a day. Um, bowel movements. Bowel movements, yeah. Making sure that, all of that is in line. Detox pathways are working before you start binding. Yeah. Super important. Um, and then also understanding that when we bind, we're pulling things out. We're pulling good things out too, because we can't isolate and just pull mycotoxins. So we're pulling minerals. We're depleting hormones a little bit. Um, we're pulling fatty acids. So we want to also bulk up on things like high quality fish oil or omegas. We want to bulk up on minerals and um, micronutrients and things of that sort. Probably like some phosphatidylcholine, things like that for the cell membrane. Absolutely, yeah. So the the mycotoxins get very trapped in that cell membrane. So if we can be putting in healthy phosphatidylcholine, the body can then start kind of pulling out the toxic phosphatidylcholine from the cell membrane and healing that cell membrane. Interesting. So I always tell people, think about like, if you had cuts and burns and abrasions all over your skin, it wouldn't matter what you're putting on the inside. You're going to keep getting these infections the same way with the cell. If you don't heal the outside, you can't get the inside working properly. So that is a big part of it. So all of that support stuff, and then we can start binding and we have to see how the patient tolerates. Some people tolerate that just fine and can get better really quick. Other people, you know, they can like look at the binder on their counter and they're having a reaction to it because their body is so sensitive. Right. So (laughs) It depends on the individual, 
but then we're binding, we're determining, determining if there's a fungal component to their mold. And if there is, we may need some antifungals to help kind of clear some of the colonizations. That's what I was going to ask about, mm -hmm. because it seems like mold and candida and bacterial overgrowth and sometimes even parasites and like other gut stuff, like all tend to coincide. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got this stressed immune system that's underperforming. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, certain microbes are able to get a foothold. Um, exactly. How much have you found or do you believe that things like antifungals or even, you know, a Zyfaxin and some of the stuff that can like clear out the gut yeah. is also effective at clearing out mold mm -hmm. and some of those mycotoxins and biotoxins? Yeah. When that mold, the mold will colonize in your sinuses, your respiratory tract and your gut. Mm -hmm. So if we can use some antifungals to kill out those colonies, yeah. that can be super effective at healing. Yeah. Um, and you did bring up a good point. Mold, you know, mold suppresses the immune system. So you can become a little bit immunosuppressed because of exposure to toxic mold. And so now let's say you had Lyme disease 20 years ago, you took some antibiotics, it became dormant. Well, now your immune system has been suppressed and those bacteria can see this opportunity to come back to the surface. So you can have things that have been in the background for a long time, start to activate. Now those become problems too. So that can certainly complicate the journey, but when it's just mold, it's detox pathways, supporting the cells and the system binding and antifungals. There's that stress component keeps coming up. And I feel like a lot of people that have had Lyme in the past or maybe had dormant Lyme and didn't know it have been experiencing symptoms like these past two years. Yeah. Right. Like there's been there's been so much emotional stress from isolation and what the fuck is going on. And then and then, you know, we've got the the frequencies ramping things up. And of course, like there's bullshit in our water and the air and our food and, yeah. and everything like all that is just stressful to the body. Um, and, and it seems like a lot of people that maybe had their Lyme kind of like in remission or under control are noticing some of the symptoms resurfacing. Mm -hmm. Are you guys seeing that at all? And, and, and maybe we, does that tie into, you know, what's being referred to as long COVID, yeah. you know, some, it's just like, I think a lot of people are experiencing chronic shit coming up lately mm -hmm. with the increased stress and the changes in our world. And I'm kind of curious what you guys are seeing here at the clinic. Yeah. I see that in a lot of people. And I think we've even seen it in ourselves. Like, you know, you've had some of that neurological stuff flare up and I don't know if was yours timeline wise. It's hard to say like how long after COVID yours was, but for me, after the first time we had COVID COVID was a breeze for me, but then what it did to my immune system, I was back to having fevers 10 days a month. And that's mm. something I dealt with when I had Lyme. Um, so I definitely had some reactivation of Lyme post COVID and there's a whole bunch of different reasons that that's been happening to people. Some of it is the way COVID affects the immune system, right? So I've seen you get kind of stuck in that THG dominance, that cytokine storm. Mm -hmm. And now some of these old infections can come back to the surface. And then, like you said, the stress of isolation and news and everyone pitted against each other and hating each other. And you know, stress is, it suppresses the immune system too, you know, mm -hmm. that causes your, your T cells to literally suppress immune function, which then allows all of these bugs to kind of come back to the surface. So I do, I see it in a lot of, a lot of patients over the last couple of years. And I, I would say we've both seen it in ourselves too. Yeah. I just think that again, those, those external stressors combined with 
then some of the reactivations have been so problematic for so many people. And, and even, I want to say on a conscious level, but like not even realizing it and attributing it to this, either be just COVID or whatever else, but it's like, when you look at the totality of the quote unquote stressors that everyone's been dealing with over the last two years, I think it's really lit a lot of people up, which is, you know, now it's more prevalent than ever to, you know, again, be mindful, give yourself some TLC and then, you know, taking it to the next level, you know, working with good functional medicine clinics or just having a mindfulness around quality nutrition, balanced exercise, consistent sleep. And then, you know, obviously this is the biohacking show, right? So like adding in, whether it's the NADs or the things that again, get you back to a cellular state of, you know, quality cell health. Like, yeah, if you're not balancing the stressors over the last two years, you're feeling it most likely, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just been, it's just been, it's just going to go for the last two years for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, guys? It's Anthony here, and I interrupt this broadcast because I just opened up the coolest package. It was uh, it was one of the first packages that arrived at our PO box, and it included a bottle of uh, CBD infused hydrating body lotion from it looks like American Shaman is the company and I haven't tried it yet so I can't necessarily vouch for it but it looks pretty dope yeah a Liberty Lives sticker a whole bunch of USA stickers and uh red white and blue and home of the brave and that sort of thing a $75 gift card to Lowe's which is pretty awesome and a little note cheers to making your own furniture and then I've got a cool uh, envelope with a letter here that I haven't opened, but I will open on the air. And uh, if if it's cool with the author, um, share it with you guys. And you know, if, it, if there's a question or two on there that I could help with, be happy to do that. So um, I love this. I absolutely love getting stuff in the mail, and uh, with all the digital censorship and everything that's been going on. It's it's a great way for us to be able to stay in touch and open those lines of communication. And just being real with you guys, I've been putting a ton of my resources into our North Carolina property. We had to buy an excavator. We have put in over a mile of roads into mountains at 3,500 feet that are filled with like thick, almost rainforest uh, topography. And now we're kind of getting to the point where I could build a home and I don't, I don't have a, you know, a couple million dollars in the bank, but I'm, you know, I'm comfortable. I live good. I have everything I need and I'm super, super blessed. Um, but if you guys feel compelled to contribute, if you feel that there has been a contribution to the value that you have received from the Biohacking Secrets Show, the Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus, our coaching program, anything that we've put out there, some of our videos, whatever it is, if it's uplifted your life physically, mentally, spiritually, and you feel that the value that you have received exceeds the value that you've given um, and you have the means to do so, I'd love to open up 
uh, an opportunity for you to send in a donation that will go towards me building my house in North Carolina. And cash is amazing. Silver from Gainesville Coins is amazing. And really anything that you feel called to share. And if you're not in a position to share, obviously, like I'm not... I'm not trying to put you in a situation at all. That's not the purpose here. It's only if if there's abundance in your life, if you feel that the value that you've received from the things that we've put out exceeds the value that you've given, then uh, you can send in some something cool along with a handwritten letter to P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, Illinois, 60015. That's P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, one word, Illinois, 60015. And uh, if you do do so, like, yes, silver from Gainesville coins is amazing. Yes, cash is amazing. And I can use those things to help build a house in North Carolina. Oh, and a super dope biohacking gym that, uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot that we're going to do with that, with our events and with our coaching program and everything that you guys will see. But I got to build a biohacking gym and a home. And that's what your donations would be going towards. Um, but if you do do that, please include a handwritten letter. Share a little bit of your story, some of the ways that your life has changed or improved. If you have any questions, you can include one or two of those in the letter and I will answer them on the air. And I think it's an awesome way for us to stay connected, stay in touch, avoid some of the online censorship. And uh, and you guys could help me build my house and biohacking, biohacker gym. It'd be amazing. It's a win-win for everybody. So yes, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening and being part of this journey. Much love to you. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. In a minute, I'd like to talk about some of the, the, the biohacks and tools that have been most helpful for you guys and for your uh, patients here at the clinic, mm-hmm. people that are dealing with, we'll just call it chronic health issues, whether that's Lyme or autoimmune or mold or some uh, cacophony uh, thereof. Um but like when we were talking about the fever, mm-hmm. I'm looking at things from like a very different perspective, especially after having gone to Germany and gotten cooked at like 107 degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, we have you go back to like Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine. And he's like, give me the ability to induce a fever and I can cure any man. Mm-hmm. And our, there's like even crazy research on kids with ADHD where they'll they'll get like a really bad fever. And then the mom will be like it was like the most calm he'd ever been in his life for like a week after that, like bad fever. So um, I was actually getting interviewed on a dude's podcast the other day. And I, we were talking about fevers and healing and some of this stuff and how much we're taught to like suppress the fever, but are we actually like interfering with the body's innate wisdom? And he told me about this time when he was a kid, he's like, I was so embarrassed because I used to have all these warts that would like pop up on my skin I had, I had on my, on my hands and shit. And he goes, I got a really, really bad fever one time and all the warts disappeared and never came back. Mm-hmm. He goes after that, after that fever. So what are some of the things that help with Lyme and chronic stuff? Like 
Fevers. Huh? Fevers. Fevers, saunas, you know, extreme full body hyperthermia. Cruel parents, because when Maisie has a fever, we're like, let it burn. Yeah. Well, you got to give them ibuprofen and bring it down. And I'm like, no, this fever is here for a reason. You know, this is her immune system learning and developing and, and correcting itself. And to kind of touch on that a little bit further in 2018, my dad got West Nile and he had encephalitis from it. He was in the hospital for like eight days. And, um, I think I had been in his room once he got, he was in the emergency room and then they moved him upstairs. And within about five minutes of being in there, the nurse was like, Oh, you're the crazy daughter. And I was like, Oh God, I already got that title, but I did not let them touch him with a fever reducer. And his fever was like 105. And I was like, I will sit at his bedside with cool cloths on him to help mitigate this in as natural a way as we can yeah do not touch him with yeah. a fever reducer it's crazy that you have to do that it's too. insane and they all it thought i was not crazy when i mean no, i love all you moms out there but like <laughs> let your kids cook a little bit when yeah. they need to it's you know important. like moms are so quick yeah parents i should say that like parents are so quick because we want our child to feel comfortable and not go through pain and i get that there's nothing yeah. more that i in this world that I want then my daughter to be pain-free, but the fever is, is, a, is, I don't want to say a miraculous thing. It's just so important when, when they need to happen. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, first of all, it's, it's an immune building. Second of all, it's doing something important. And so mm-hmm. people are very quick to give their kids Tylenol or ibuprofen or these reducers, because I, yeah, I see kids, especially toddlers that can be a bear when they got a fever, but it's like, <laughs> They need that. And yeah. fevers are so relevant. Yeah, totally. And so, but that's uh, like, I, you, and you know, knew that with your dad. You're like, we got to cook this out of them. Totally. And I'm part of a group for, you know, long-term West Nile survivors, people who had West Nile encephalitis survived. And all of these people have just horrible ailments that have stuck with them because of the virus. And aside from letting his fever burn, I also had my cooler that I was hiding under his hospital bed and would yank out in between people being in there of glutathione and turmeric and all sorts of things. Um, and he has not a single problem in the world from that virus that was so, you know, I mean, he was incoherent. And what was his temp at? 105. Fascinating. And like when I was in Germany, a lot of so Dr. Uh, Dows, Friedrich Dows was talking about how what what kind of got him started down that path was seeing a lot of the research on syphilis mm. and how similar syphilis is to Lyme. Like like when they were doing live blood analysis, I asked I'm like, can you differentiate between syphilis and Lyme under a microscope? And the woman's like, no, can't tell the difference. And I was like, interesting. No. Tuskegee experiments. <laughs> anyway, um, but syphilis starts dying off when you get into that like 105, 5, 106 range, syphilis starts dying off. And I would suspect a lot of microbes do. Yeah. And our body knows that. And there's there's um a humbleness that comes from being willing to learn from nature. Yeah. And and because I think there's almost like this curve where the more we start to learn shit, the more we start to interfere and actually fuck up by interfering with nature. Yes. Where if we just kind of 
yes. took a step back, it would be better. And then you come full circle and you're like, all right, how do I work with nature? Yeah. And, and ask the question, like, why is the body doing this? Because it might be helpful. Could this be actually be helpful? Even though the television told me it's not, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, I appreciate Western medicine. If I get in a car accident, like, please take me to the hospital, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I asked are... my hand. I'm glad they were able to fix it. <laughs> Wouldn't have a finger right now. So there are a ton of benefits, but I think we do. We get too caught up in trying to outsmart nature is what Mm medicine is trying to do. And if we would work more with nature, I think we'd be a lot better off. Mm -hmm. We we talked about fertility a little bit earlier, and I meant to, you know, throw in there how nature relative that is, because when a lot of times when people are having trouble conceiving or there's fertility issues, it's because nature's telling you your, your body's not in a position to procreate. Yeah. yeah. And so we're trying to continually work against that, right? We're banging our heads against the wall because we want to have a kid, but we haven't wanted to do the work to be in a, a state where nature is saying you are ready. Or understood the work. Or understood the work. Done, and yeah. so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, you cannot, cannot outsmart and outdo Mother Nature regardless of, of what's out there. Mm-hmm. Right. I would say as far as, you know, we started this little rabbit hole as far as the, the biohacks or the things that we've done in office. I, I like for me, I, I think 10 pass ozone was really helpful. Ozone. Yeah. Ozone we should talk. We got to talk about ozone a little bit. Yeah. That was, a, that was, I don't want to call it a silver bullet, but like that. I, so I'm 38 years old. I was going to try to remember that now, but <laughs> when I got Lyme, so my whole life, never had anybody, never been an anxious kid. And she's known me for 12 years. Like, Probably more of a head. I'm just yeah. not anxious. Like stuff doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. When I got bit by a tick, like my anxiety levels were to the point that I like it was hard to cope. I mean, I yeah. remember walking around my neighborhood hoping to alleviate this feeling, like looking over my shoulder, like I, I felt horrible. Oh, it was awful. I'd have to ask, I'd have to tell you, like, you need to leave right now because we had a baby. And I'm like, we can't have this energy in the house because you were such, and I didn't, you know, I, I treat this. I know I understood yeah. why he was feeling that way. And I wasn't trying to be like yeah. wife, but I'm like, you need to go, here's your bottle of herbs, go away. And then like work it out and come back when this passes, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. But like when I, especially in tough times, like high dose ozone or yeah. time pass really calmed that anxiety no, sure. that inflammation. And so yeah. that was a big one for me. Uh, I've never heard of ozone for anxiety. That's well, no, well it, was, it, was it was because of the infection. The, yeah. the bacterial infection was what was actually sending my anxiety through the roof. Well, right. 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 Like Bartonella never... is classic for psychological symptoms. So I even have seen some people where they have just this persistent depression or strong anxiety or bipolar, or, you know, there's even studies that find that a large amount of people with schizophrenia test positive for right. Bartonella. So right. Bartonella is highly associated with the psychological symptoms. And that was, so it was the ozone that was helping to kill his Bartonella infection that would then kind of calm down the brain yeah. that was on fire. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, people that are listening to this and maybe dealing with anxiety or panic attacks, like getting a test for Lyme and Bartonella, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and working with, someone that could help them with that, whether that's, yeah. you know, you guys like that, that it definitely has. Uh, I think so often when people relevance. are feeling poor or they're symptomatic of X, Y, Z, I think when you strip it down and you start 
doing good detective work, like something's off with your health. It's not inherent in people's nature to be an asshole. Generally speaking, Mm -hmm. it's not inherent for people to be crazy anxious. Like these are not normal state of beings. Right. And so while they may not be diagnosed as a disease, it's like, if you work with the right people and can do the right testing, you almost always find either a deficiency or uh, some sort of exposure or toxicity or, you know, and, and then you can start reworking it from a position of uncoupling what is going on from the, you know, the end result vis-a-vis anxiety, uh, you know, disgruntledness, anger, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you start treating what was going on and all of a sudden it takes the pressure off and, and you, you're not, you're not that person anymore. And mm-hmm. so that's where, you know, working with a qualified provider, someone who's committed, someone who does the diagnostics, figures out what's going on and then has the modalities to address it is where you can start literally, you know, in, in coupling with working with people like you who do the health coaching and the, that next level kind of mindfulness, you know, awareness, you can then become a whole new person that you didn't even realize you were because you've been buried under an infection or you've been dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, a neurotransmitter deficiency or, or, or some sort of imbalance for so long. that's created the person that you never really wanted to be. Yeah. You know? Whenever I meet shitty people now, I'm like, they probably, they have Bartonella yeah. or mold toxicity or something. Yeah. <laughs> it right. your perspective. Yes. On, 100%. Or like, or like a shitload of parasites right. or something. Yeah. Right. Like something, they feel like, like crap for some reason. Feels like they got a bad stomach. Ache. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No one's like, no one whose stomach's bothering them is pleasant to be around. Right. That's a minor thing. Yeah. You know, you eat some shitty food and you, you got like gastric distress. Like you don't want to talk to anybody. Right. It's yeah. terrible. So now, go even deeper and you have this like raging infection you've been carrying for 20 years or like mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like I, we have a huge a ton of empathy for people that are, are dealing with that and, and have not been able to get the right help. And so yeah. that's what we obviously open this place to, to create and be a solution for, but we hope that the industry continues exploding because people need it. And, and that's what can help make this a, you know, a better place for everyone. So, yeah, it gives you a lot more compassion and understanding and empathy and, and sympathy too. Um, while also like, knowing when someone needs a little kick in the ass to be like, look, it ain't going to get better in your bed feeling sorry for yourself. So let's, you know, let's figure out what to do here. Um, Maybe for the people that aren't super familiar with ozone, like how does ozone work for something like Lyme and Bartonella? Mm -hmm. And then one step further, um, it seems like Lyme is almost like the Borrelia burgdorferi is almost easier to kill than Bartonella. I say that all day, every day. So let's talk a little bit about like the next level, which is like, if Bartonella is responsible for so many of these challenging symptoms and health outcomes, how do we actually go after it? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of things to consider, especially the fact that whether it's Borrelia Lyme or whether it's Bartonella, it kind of depends on the load of persister cells that you get and also cells that are resistant to antimicrobials. So basically these infections- What's a persister cell? So persister cells are basically cells that are gonna be like stronger or more resilient against treatment. So these are cells that if you, you know, you can pummel the body with antibiotics and you can kill a good amount of that infectious load. These are the cells that are going to hang around even when you throw antibiotics at the body, even when you get on top of things early. Are we talking about antibiotic resistant bacteria? 
similar in theory, but maybe not that it hasn't built up a resistance to a specific antibiotic per se, but that it almost has built up its own resistance to whatever is going to kill. Just harder to kill. They're like Bruce Willis and Die Hard. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now we're talking. Um, So yeah, cells that are going to persist despite treatment. Okay. And then these infections do other sorts of things like form biofilms around themselves to kind of protect themselves. And, And so- um, it can create a really tricky situation there. So ozone on one end can do all sorts of things. Ozone is anti-inflammatory. So ozone is O3, like oxygen is O2. Yeah. It, that extra oxygen molecule is going to bind to free radicals and help neutralize a lot of inflammation in the system, which in yeah. itself is going to give your body a little bit more room to heal. Um, ozone can also help to bring some homeostasis to the immune system. So we think about sure everyone has heard the term cytokine storm when it comes to COVID. Yeah. Same thing can kind of happen when you get Lyme. Your cytokines, your extracellular immune system goes a little bit crazy in trying to clean things up. And your innate immune system, the ability to recognize and kill, kind of gets depleted a little bit because Lyme mm-hmm. wants to evade the immune system. It's looking yeah. at you as like a nice little host to survive and thrive in. Yeah. So the ozone can help kind of rebalance that immune function so that your body can be doing more of the work itself. And then it also does interfere with the cell wall of bacteria and infections. And so it can break down that process and help to kill the infection as well. Yeah. So the ozone is, is very helpful with that. Um, And then we do find, you know, like we even talked about with some of the COVID long haul stuff, some of that is those persister cells from Lyme, Bartonella, whatever might be in the background. And now your immune system has had this big hit. And so those cells see the opportunity to kind of come out and play. So Mm -hmm. those persister cells can kind of take hold, become more active and start reproducing and, and becoming a more active problem in the system. It's fascinating. I mean, I think back to when I got Lyme the first time in like 2011, Mm -hmm. There was no tick bite. I was under a ton of stress from a bunch of other things that were going on. And then all this shit kind of came to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very possible we're in a situation where we have a lot of metals in our body, a lot of microbes in our body, and you throw a whole bunch of stress at it and things like Bartonella and Lyme can come to the surface. <laughs> but if you have the right toolkits to test for those things to, to properly diagnose and then to apply like proven protocols that may include ozone or hyperthermia or some of these other things. Like you can get yourself back to where you're feeling pretty damn good, pretty fast. So ozone, if I'm understanding correctly, like you've got O3, Mm -hmm. it goes into the body or you'll take the blood out. In some cases you mix the ozone gas with it. You put the blood back in and then it almost like breaks apart, like dismutates where you've got then an O2 molecule and a single oxygen molecule that single oxygen molecule will go around. It will like clear out a lot of junk, attack some of the, the infections. So that reacts very quickly in the blood. So basically the blood that we're taking out is where that reaction is happening because okay. the ozone will go in and that's going to react immediately. Okay. So that's where it's basically cleaning up any inflammatory particles in the blood that it's interacting with. Okay. Once it's reinfused, you're getting a lot of the byproducts of the ozone that are then calling up like your body's healing factors, your growth factors, your immune system's ability to kind of shift and come back to that homeostasis. So the ozone, that direct interaction is happening with the blood it touches. Uh-huh. That's why when we do like a regular single MAH drip, you're going to get that in a smaller amount because it's reacting with that blood now you get the byproducts of the ozone, that yeah. ozonated blood. We're putting that back into the system. When we do something like a 10 pass, 
you're basically getting 10 times that dosage in one sitting. So now that ozone is reacting with, you know, 200 to 250 cc's of blood 10 times over. So it's a lot more blood that it's getting that direct interaction with. Right. And, and maybe we'll, we'll contrast like major autohemotherapy, which is kind of like the old school, take a little blood out, put some ozone in and then put it back in. Like I did that for the first time in 2016. And I remember it was like, I did the the major autohemotherapy plus the ultraviolet light. Mm -hmm. And I got in the car afterwards to drive home. And I was like, fucking giddy. I was like, I wouldn't shut up. I was talking to my girlfriend at the time and I was like, Oh my God, I feel amazing. I'm like, Ozone is the shit. And, um, and, and of course like that didn't happen every time, Mm -hmm. but so in in that simple example, they just took a little bit of my blood, put some ozone gas in, put ran the blood through a light, put it back in. Now, can you contrast that with like 10 pass, something like 10 pass and like, what are the benefits of each is Mm -hmm. just more better. I'm sitting with the two kings of more is better. (laughs) Always trying to reel both of you in. (laughs) Um, It works out 40% of the the time. It works out every time. time. (laughs) Uh uh Um, More is better sometimes and sometimes less is better. And that all comes back to the individual. So for some people sticking to that low, you know, we talk about like the idea of hormesis where we're giving the body a small stressor in order to initiate a reparative response. So for some people sticking to MAH is a better idea for them. Mm -hmm. And for other people, more is better. And the more ozone we get interacting with their blood, that's just going to kind of increase those, those outcomes of what we're doing in the system, activating your stem cells and your repair cells and your body's ability to fight and, and go through all those processes. So there's just going to be a lot more of that with Tempass mm-hmm. and some people's systems can handle that really well. And for other people, less is more. So it's a little bit of that trial and error of starting people with the MAH, seeing how they tolerate it and determining if there's someone who's generally pretty robust with most treatments then usually they'll tolerate 10 pass. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my like mast cell patients or patients who are a lot more sensitive to things. Sometimes I'm not even, I'm not even going the route of explaining 10 pass to them because I know it won't be a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other people we have to say, okay, Hey, maybe let's try three or three or five passes and see how you do with that and work our way up. Okay. So it's something that you can introduce over time, almost like, like taking someone who hasn't worked out before and you start bringing them to the gym and then eventually that they could get to a point that makes a lot of sense. It's also curious too how much like nervous system, uh, balance and like the strength of like the autonomic nervous system and, and whether or not they're like just chronically in fight or flight Mm -hmm. might impact their ability to handle certain treatments. Absolutely, And that's what you, you touched on it in, in kind of, when you were asking Katie that question about, you know, when you got Lyme and it was just kind of this storm of things going and it was tipping your system and, you know, out of balance where, it, you know, your reaction to that, you know, Lyme disease was so much more prevalent um, and why stress is so important and the, and the mitigation of stress is so important. I, th- I don't remember where I heard it or where I read it, but like they had tested and I forget the area. So I'm, this sounds just like <laughs> best story a ever. random. Yeah, best story ever. <laughs> it was somewhere down in like the Amazon where they had tested an indigenous population. I think 95% of them tested positive for malaria. Yeah. None of them were symptomatic. Exactly. And that's because they were, you know, they had very low chronic stress issues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, finding food was a stressor. However, 
you know, who was doing better than you on Instagram was not. <laughs> and, you know, you're having to wake up and compete with the Joneses was not a stressor. And so they mm-hmm. were not in this chronic state of fire or flight. And so they were not even responsive to, I believe, malaria spectrum. And think about like environmental toxins. EMS, yeah, right. so let's, they're yeah, in the sun right. every day. They're every chronic, day. all these things. And so yeah. it just shows that, and I, I firmly believe that at the time I got Lyme, for me personally, my system was so overran. You were in a horrible state. And that is why I was so responsive to that bacterial infection, where I believe mm-hmm. there's people out there who maybe are only just a little off or maybe would have been non-responsive depending on the state of their system at that time with that same level of infection. And I do think you got a heavy load. I did. I had no doubt, but I'm just saying if my system was in a better system, I'm for a better place. I very likely would have responded less intensely. You know, it would have been maybe less of an arduous journey. Now, obviously this was the universe trying to tell me something, right. Mm -hmm. And as it's always trying to tell all of us, but you know, we keep harping on it and it's so relevant, you know, mm-hmm. ironically, because it's free, you know, you run the biohacking podcast, we run this anti-aging optimization clinic where we love utilizing tools to help people kind of hack their way or speed up the process. But at the end of the day, you just can't shortcut the mitigation of mindfulness and stress balance and happiness. And yeah. so yeah. if you don't have those things, not a lot that anybody's going to be able to do is going to override that. Right. So I I also like when people come in here and they're like, yeah, I work 70 hours a week. I sleep (laughs) three hours a night. And I, you know, I, I slam a coffee and and, and I'm good to go. I'm just like, put a coffee in my anus. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) good God. Like, Hey, that can be healing sometimes. I love it. I love that. I I just want to tell them like, well, I'm happy to work with you. We are doing you a disservice if you don't start doing yourself Right. The right things first. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much to that. Like if you went, I mean, when, so to take, to give a little bit of context, like a colleague that we both know uh, who you've worked with him and I were talking and he said that from a certain lab, he'd never gotten a negative line test back. Every single person positive, yeah. literally every single person. So let's take an extreme example where like, because there's a ton of people that are exposed to mold. Even if you look at examples where someone's rocked by mold, a lot of times they're in a family, if they're in a family of four or five, maybe one or two are rocked. Yeah. And like everyone else is like, what the fuck is wrong? Yeah. With you? Yeah. Right. They don't get it. Right. Those family members, if you tested them for mold, who the family members who aren't experiencing anything, mm-hmm. if you tested them for mold, they'd show up and have mold. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's take this example where we know a ton of people will test positive for Lyme, even if they're not experiencing symptoms of Lyme or Bartonella. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people will test positive for mold, even though they're not experiencing symptoms of mold. If you took Michael Jordan in his prime and you're like, let me get a blood draw and, you know, run some laps. And you're like, Michael, you're sick as fuck. You've got Lyme and Bartonella. He'd be like, fuck off. I feel great. I'm crushing every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just put up 55 points. What do you want from me? Right. right? So it's a, it's, it's, it's looking at it in the context of what we all really want is to feel good. Yeah. And we want to utilize these tools to feel as good as we can as much of the time as we can. Mm-hmm. And, and ozone can be really helpful and rebuilding the cell walls and balancing nutrient deficiencies and clearing out mold and, and healing our environment is huge. For, for the people listening who are just like, I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. Are there other things that we haven't discussed that 
we should be looking for, that we should be applying stuff that you guys are really excited about. I know you do a lot with peptides and, we and love other stuff. peptides. Yeah. yeah from, I see fantastic outcomes with peptides. And the nice thing is that whether you are local or remote, we can still utilize peptides in the treatment plan. So I have patients in all over the place, India, India, Canada, France, yeah. U.S., California, whatever. So that's something that, you know, not everybody's going to respond just to supplements and lifestyle changes. So the mm -hmm. peptides are something that can really increase what we're doing, even if you're not local to us and we can't get ozone and NAD and methylene blue into you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a great tool. And the peptides are very much about cellular signaling and turning back on processes that, that basically get shut off due to environmental toxin exposures and aging and inflammation and stress and everything else. So mm -hmm. we can use peptides to help repair the immune system. We can use peptides to increase hormone levels. We can use peptides to help with like menstrual cycles and fertility. We can use peptides to help with thyroid issues and gut healing and all sorts of weight things. Loss, so weight, weight loss, definitely oh. cognitive function. Um, so I personally love peptides and I use them in as many patients as are willing to to give it a go. Yeah, if um, we could get it, if everyone walked in the door had the the means and that willingness to do peptides, yeah. you know, and inject themselves, like it's something that we've seen such clinical efficacy for yeah. that like we would we would literally put them on the table for everyone mm -hmm. to have as part of their plan, no matter where they're at. Because yeah. even at generally speaking, what we've seen, even if you're feeling pretty good, like they'll take you to the next level. Yeah. Albeit small or, or large in a lot of cases, but that's that is a super exciting technology, I think, mm -hmm. too, because while it's great to, you know, every time you're in, I'm like, hey, Anthony, coming for an IV. And, and it's, you know, for our local, you know, clientele, like we love to see them more often than not, because one, we know there's compliance, two, there's consistency. Mm -hmm. And so those are all good things. But the nice thing was generally speaking with peptides, is you're taking it home. Mm -hmm. You know, you've made this investment, yeah. it's very simple to do, like. And and it's daily. So and as long as your husband's there, willing to draw them up for you in the morning, then you, <laughs> the <consistency laughs> then you stick there, to taking them every yeah. day. The consistency there, the compliance is there, and it's like so that's a big win yeah. in and of itself, right? Like we, we really like peptides, yeah. and it's pretty easy. It's, there. It's, it's a it's tiny, small. it's a tiny yeah. needle. Like I've experienced huge changes from BPC one fifty seven. Yeah, like product. when stuff was achy yep. and yep. you know what I mean. It is a tiny needle for everyone afraid of needles. You get over it very quick. The needle is like the size of like a pen. Tip. I've had kids do them. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's yeah. super thin. You barely feel it. You just take, you squeeze a little bit of your stomach fat or your stomach skin. You do a quick poke. It's an easy push. It's, I think there's obviously, you know, given the context around needles and injections, there's just like misconception. Well, it's an insulin needle. It's the same yeah, thing as you can use for insulin. Tiny, so. Yeah, so. And there are peptides that are nasal sprays and there are some that come in oral, oral capsules. Sure. And so, you know, we can certainly work with different varieties of, of peptide infusions too, or peptide utilization too. Um, you, you guys have a ton of peptides that you work with. I'm curious. Okay. Like if, if each of you were, um, if you guys were going to get put on an Island, but you couldn't share <laughs> what three peptides would you bring with you? Okay. okay. Let her go first. <laughs> and, why, and why, of course. Um, well, thymus and alpha because, so that's a, a big immune modulator. So that's something that I use to help keep myself in remission with yeah. Lyme. So that's a big one that I'll cycle a few times a year and it works. You love that one, I, right? I, it's fantastic. I, I've seen it work so well for so many of my infectious patients. Yeah. Um, 
And a really big thing that I see that's missing in a lot of, you know, they'll tell me, oh, I've seen all these different people and I get a little better. And then I try to pull back on treatment and I get worse. Well, they haven't modulated the immune system. And if you don't repair that immune dysfunction, yeah, you're going to kill infection, pull away the killers and the infection's going to come right back because the immune system can't take over. Mm. So when we keep the immune system in a good state, you can oftentimes prevent slipping back. So I use thymosin or thymulin, um, which is another thymus gland peptide to kind of maintain that immune homeostasis. Mm-hmm. I do. I really like like the CJC epimorelin combo, um, mm-hmm. which can really just help the body's own production and utilization of growth hormone. I just put a client on that for it. fat loss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it helps with body comp. It helps with sleep, just kind of that overall feeling of wellness, muscle gain, hormone optimization. So that's a really great one. Um, what would my third be? Hmm. You want to think about it? Yeah, I'll, turn, about it. I'll give Go Tim ahead. the mic. Um, <laughs> thymus and alpha for sure. That immune modulating peptide, I feel like it's been a game changer. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to do this again. <laughs> yeah. Every time I do it, I'm like, I don't know. So maybe I need you in a good state. You know, yeah, I think, I maybe. think. There's a, well, the first that we, time, the first time was not good. The first time, yeah. In like early 2020, mm-hmm. I did it, and I was like, I was at an event. And I'm like, Katie, I feel like <laughs> ass. Thanks a lot, Katie. I like went home early. I was like, I feel like complete shit. Yeah, I'm like, right. is it this? I don't know. Yeah. Could be, but that could have been an immune system being stimulated and yes, yeah. exactly. trigger, triggering what's going on. Yeah. yeah, and so I think you know the, the context of that question can be multifaceted right like is there issues or is it an ideal in ideal world like immune maintenance and modulation to me is a big thing right and so while i take thymosin alpha consistently if that are thymulin it's not that i'm feeling like a rock star but i also rarely get sick so that's that's yeah. a, I, to me that's huge right where yeah. you see a lot of people getting sick quite often these days Less I like, yeah exactly i like that one um from what I've read, because I haven't got to do as many as are in my pipeline right now, um, like cerebral eisen, obviously, is supposed to be a big one for brain function. Yeah, um, I use that in a few. And I've heard really good things about that. Cerebral liacin. Never heard of it. It sounds, it sounds like a, like a product. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that's a really intriguing one for just like brain function, brain health, brain optimization. That would be yeah. really interesting yeah. to get uh, your pops up. But, um, and then, you know, you can make the argument for BPC because then what? You got immune modulation, brain function, and gut and, and reparative systems. Yeah. The CJC is a fantastic one for general wealth. And then there's, you know, I'm, I know I'm going over. But to say <laughs> Tim's like, going to take all the peptides. Well, okay. yeah. And then there's the epithelin, right? The longevity one that you yeah. can rotationally yeah. take a couple of times a year that's supposed to, you know, quote unquote repair study proved or, you know, repair, shorten, you know, lengthen telomeres and extend longevity. So totally. But there's just so many out there. We just, we, we start, we're going to start using one. SS31 is a really intriguing one for mitochondrial health. Not C. Uh, there's Not C. Yeah, there's a, a lot really of interesting mm-hmm. one. So there's, there's, I mean, the peptide is, in my opinion, the peptides are as uh, amazing in functional medicine as any other device, I think, right now. Yeah. So So I'm taking two and Tim's taking all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. More is more, like more I said. More. No, I said contextually. I do think Thymus and Alpha is a fantastic one. Yeah. Um, I really like, I'm intrigued by cerebral and, and I would, I would probably say BPC. Yeah. Yeah. BPC is very well-rounded, a lot of yeah, benefit there. So, benefit right. There. And if you're on that Island and you get injured, BPC is If you can't walk, you're uh, exactly. not hunting or gathering food. Exactly. You're, you're going to need some BPC. Right. Assuming it's not a complete tear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. 
Okay. So this is, this is super helpful. And I'm like, if you guys, you guys work with a lot of people that aren't just in the Chicagoland area. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're in Warrensville, Warrenville, Illinois, Warrenville. Yeah. Kind of Naperville, just uh, Western suburbs of Chicago. And yeah, we work with people, like I said, Katie's mm-hmm. got clients in India, but we can get peptides shipped almost anywhere. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's cool. So um, international is a little tougher. Yeah, it's tougher. We typically then have to find an external source or somebody who can ship it to that. Yeah. So we won't we won't get into those details. Yeah. But yes, within the U.S., it's easy for us to do telemedicine and kind of help put together those get some labs going, put together those plans and, and help people get on the right track. So. so pretty much anywhere within the U S you guys can work with them. That's the easiest. Yeah. 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 Telemedicine. And then, and then that's that you can integrate peptides and um, you guys even have something cool where a lot of people that have insurance can use that for some of these functional labs. For some yeah. of them. Yeah. We've been working with um, working with our lab team to figure out how we can you know, integrate that into as many tests as we're able to. And yeah, that can be really helpful because then, you know, we all know none of this stuff is, is super cheap. Right. So when we can utilize a patient's funds towards their healing rather than just their testing, you know, that can really be a game changer because now we get all this great information and then we can, they can allocate their funds towards the things that are going to get them better and make them feel good. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, realize the shortcomings of maybe allopathic medicine or, you know, how much their doctor can figure out in like a 15 minute appointment. But at the same time, they're like, that shit's paid for. Right. You know, right. I might just, I might just roll the dice and yeah. hope, you know, hope I get this issue fixed. Yeah, yeah. this crappy care is paid for. It. Yeah. It's, a, it's a shame, really. I mean, it's a certain insurance industry thing. It's, a, it's yeah. just a behemoth of, a, of an issue. But at the end of the day, you know, we try to work with clients so they can, utilize insurance where it's where it's accepted you know via yeah. the labs but at the same time there's a part of us i think that at one point that well we would love to help every single person in the world right like that would be fantastic it's just where everyone's where they're at there's something to be said for someone that's making the investment in their health because yeah. we all do whether yeah. you know time is our most irreplaceable resource yeah and so if people want to short change that to save a few bucks and you know, see the L, and it's not a, nothing against allopathic medicine, but you know, you're, you're going to get a script or a surgery. Yeah, exactly. The yes. person that's committed, both from a time and financial standpoint, are the ones that truly have better outcomes because they're you know they're in, they're all in, mm-hmm. and so there's something to be said for that for yeah. the end outcomes. And so it's just we all kind of have to make that investment at some point. For a lot of people, it's you know, mitigating the issues all through. And then when they're 60, 70, spending all this money yeah, on healthcare and surgeries and all this mm-hmm. and feeling like crap, mm-hmm. or you can invest in yourself and in your health and in these processes and procedures all along the way, yeah. only to expand that health span and feel better, deeper into your life. So that's, and it's, that's it can be a tough thing, I think too, to like, I don't know. That's a newer concept to invest sure. in your health. Right. And yeah. so sometimes I do, I'll see patients who are on like 60 different supplements every single day. And then they're like, well, I can't afford peptides or ozone therapy. And I'm like, I completely understand that. But how much you're spending every month on those supplements that you've been on for two years and you've not gotten any better. Like let's cut your $900 a month supplement bill down to like the core of what you need. And then utilize some of these things that are going to be bigger guns and that are going to move the needle forward and get you well faster and keep you from spending all that money on supplements every single month for God knows how long. Right. So there's a, there's a balance to it. You know, this with the way you, you know, how 
what a good good of a job you do working with your clients. And it's like, you know, you take the average person who and God bless them because their intentions are good that are going to GNC or the vitamin shop and you know, getting the vitamin D and they have the $200 supplement yeah. cabinet fill. And it's like, let's just distill down to what you need. And that's why working with the right people, yeah. we'll trim all that down. Like or the, a good provider or clinician or coach worth their salt is going to say, you don't, you don't need to take a D every day for the last two years. Right. One, get out in the sun. It's right. free. Mm-hmm. Two, you didn't even have a vitamin D deficiency to begin with, mm-hmm. you know? So like, Distilled down. Three, it's an ingredient in rat poison. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> Three, the actual sun's going to get you a lot further. Distilled yeah. down to the supplements that are relative to what your needs are right now mm-hmm. and integrate some of these. If you're if you're the type of person that clearly likes to make investments in our health, and, and certainly we can appreciate that, and invest in the, the flashy things that are going to move the needle, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a much greater scale, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you may yeah. do peptides for two, three months, see really incredible results or see some, you know, big needle movement as opposed to just chugging along, taking 60 supplements a day, not knowing why. And so it's like, that's what we like to do with lab results to say, Hey, you only need to be on three supplements. Let's get you on this. And sometimes it's more than, and sometimes it's more, sure. But time and place. I love time. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I'm paring down. And then like next thing, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to try this one. I'm going to try this. You know, it's a thing when you open the cabinet to grab a yellow bottle out and without saying anything, your three-year-old goes, Mom, can I have some glutathione yeah, right. too? <laughs> or, or if she's like, oh, what are you doing that? Injecting peptides? Okay. Yeah. I'll play with you when you're done. Right. But, yeah. uh-huh. you know, so there's a time and a place for those things. And I think doing it the right way is it yields a lot more fruit than just doing it. Yeah. Do you guys have clients that like that you're working with remote, right? Through telemedicine. Do they ever come out and you're like, hey, you should come out here for two weeks and we get you a ton of ozone, a ton of IVs, you know, methylene blue, like some of the things that we can't do remote, you know, but to really stack on the benefits of the peptides and, and, you know, some of that stuff. Yeah, we have a few people who will come to us for, you know, I've got one patient who comes down. Did you win? I kept trying to go faster. <laughs> All right. So for the listeners, uh, Tim is, you know, it just beat me with that. Yeah. So we'll just, I was trying to catch him. That's <laughs> <laughs> like what we're talking. I was opening it up. Um, but yeah, I've had, I definitely have some patients who do that or who, yeah, who will be remote. We'll start some work and then they'll come out for a good push of IVs for a few weeks. And then, yeah, that can really be helpful. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Um, and then, I have one more question before we kind of wrap it up because Mm -hmm. we had talked a little bit about um, peptide bioregulators, which is a little bit different than peptides. And like a lot of our listeners know that like my dad has Parkinson's and you guys have been helping a ton Mm -hmm. with that. And and also like a lot of our clients will end up plugging them in to work with you guys for different things. Um, But maybe you could tell us a little bit about peptide bioregulators, why you're excited about them Mm. and like what role they, they, they could play in, in a biohacker's life. That's a fabulous, fabulous question. Um, but the majority of that probably would have to be another conversation because it's something I'm just starting to dive deep into. Okay. They're basically organ specific and they are, they were developed in Russia actually, um, to help like their military and their soldiers who are being either targeted in certain ways or exposed to different things that would cause damage to certain organs. Yeah. Um, and so these bioregulators can 
interact with both each other and the individual system to optimize and actually stimulate repair in different organs in the body. So that's something I'm just starting my deep dive into. So yeah, TBD, I will keep you posted. Cool. Yeah. They're pretty gnarly. I've, I've messed with them a little bit. Um, when all the COVID shit started, I was taking Vladonics, okay. which is like a, a, an immune boosting one. Mm-hmm. And then I took their um, endolutin, which okay. is supposed to be for like the pineal gland. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, no way of fucking saying, but I felt sure. like I noticed a difference That's while awesome. while I was taking that. And then um, I had this one called Taxo Rest for the lungs. Mm-hmm. If there was any lung related COVID shit that came up, mm-hmm. I was just like, I want to have yeah. all the things. Yeah. Um, but I'm very interested in There's that. There's supposed for- to be some nuance in how they can work. So like, for example, if you're utilizing something to target the lungs, you typically want to be stacking like three or four different bioregulators that help interact with each other and improve yeah. that outcome. So that's kind of the nitty gritty I'm trying to dive into right now. I yeah. I, I would be very fast. interested, especially for my dad too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit expensive, but so is everything, else. everything that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the good um, stuff. So if there was like one message that you were going to leave our listeners with, um, well, I guess first off, where can people like, contact you guys what's the best way for them to reach out if they want to work with you and do some labs calling our calling our office our admin team um our website which we're actually in the midst of redeveloping right now but peakhealthinstitute.com um we're also on instagram as peak health institute and then kind of reaching out and getting on the schedule for an appointment um right now our providers it's myself and another nurse practitioner tiffany And so kind of getting that initial appointment going, that's where we go through general, you know, history, symptoms, what's going on with your body now, determining what labs you might need or reviewing labs that you've had done elsewhere, and then kind of starting to put together what that plan looks like. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a little bit of a process of let's collect more information and then circle back so that we can establish the plan. Um, But yeah, that's how people can find us. And what's your phone number? Do you guys know? 630-791-9335. Okay. So they can call you guys too yeah. and jump on and, and book an appointment that way. Yeah. And then um, this question is for each of you. So w- whichever one would like to go first, like if, if, if there was one shift that has been the most helpful for you or the most powerful I don't know, sort of energetic, uh, shift that you've made in this Mm -hmm. journey. What would that be? Oh man, that's a deep question. I can go first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gratitude, honestly. So I like always go back to, I don't even know what year was it that you bought me that little gratitude journal for Christmas. And at first I was like, all right, yeah, this is cool. Great. Um, and then I pushed myself to actually use it and stick to it. And I wouldn't, I don't use it consistently anymore, but using it physically is what shifted my mindset. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do need to revisit, right? Mindset is never going to be a consistent linear thing. Like we all have dips, but learning to find gratitude in every situation has changed the way my brain functions and just makes any difficult time, any difficult thing easier to overcome. Totally. So I would say for me, it's been learning not only like why gratitude is important and to have that practice, but learning how it actually shifts me internally. Like it's something now that I practice maybe not every day, but most days with my daughter when I'm putting her to bed, like, you know, what are we grateful for today? Let's kind of talk about that. Let's have that mindset. 
because even in our worst times or our most difficult things, you know, look at Lyme disease or whatever else, um, there's something to be grateful for. There's something yeah. of gratitude that you gain from that. And it can really instantly, like sometimes I challenge myself when I'm really in the depths of feeling like shit and I'm just miserable and unhappy. I'll like force myself. I'll go, all right, stop. Think about something you're grateful for in that situation. And it can be instantly that all of a sudden you feel that weight lift and that like yeah. pain of stress kind of leave you a little bit. So totally. I find that it's a really awesome tool. That's great. I was driving here and I've been, and, and this may sound silly. People would be like, you talk to yourself, but like <laughs> I do, I fucking talk to myself like out loud. And cause it's for me, very different than just thinking the thoughts. It's like, I get my physiology involved and I'm, I'm paying attention to my tonality and it just, it has a different, it hits harder, I guess. And so I was like saying like, I'm so grateful for my dog Kumba and like the fact that we got to like cuddle on the couch this morning. You know what I mean? I'm so grateful for this fucking car and the fact that it's paid off. And it's like, this shit was on my dream board and I love it. You know what I mean? And, and, and I was just saying it out loud and it was wild that in a, in, in a minute or two minutes, like how much of a shift takes yeah, place. It's incredible. And, and I think sometimes it's like, if, if writing it down works, write it down. Mm -hmm. If thinking it works, think it. If that shit doesn't work, try engaging more of yourself yeah. and maybe say it out loud, go for a walk, do it while you're driving, you know, pause the phone or whatever. Um, that helps for me too. So I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would say, and Katie knows I'm on this like constant, uh, journey of self-improvement. Uh, so I don't think I've landed on this one thing per se, but what I can say is having a willingness to accept that where you're at is a product of all the choices you've made and where you've decided to be accepting that. And if you don't like it, knowing that just like how you got to where you are now, you can get to where you want to go. If you, if you have that understanding, you have that awareness and just yeah. you know, believe you can do it and start taking a step toward that. So for me, there's days where things are not going the way I want them. And I'm like, well, you must have previously because that's why they have, that's why they're where they're at. Mm -hmm. And if you want to change them, the only way to do that is to start changing them and knowing that you can change them. And so I try to have that awareness in, in day-to-day -day interactions, whether it's running a business or, you know, my interactions with, you know, my wife and daughter or, or friends and, and just having that cognitive awareness that like, if you don't like who you're showing up as in your life every day, then you can change it the next minute mm -hmm. and for perpetually. So, mm -hmm. uh, having that awareness that you're not a, a, a product of your environment that you, you are, you literally can create what you want for you and for your, your surroundings. And so yeah. Yeah. It's kind of something taking, I try to taking responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Taking responsibility. Yeah. Like no one is going to come to your rescue. Right. And then right. people have said yeah. that before. And it's like, you can pity all you want and you can, you can woe is you all you want and be frustrated, but it's like, just if you buck up and accept that, like the shitty part is here, you've chosen, <laughs> but the great part is you can choose something different yeah. and having that awareness. I think for me, that's been a, a nice uh, perspective shift over the past few years. Yeah. That's not to say I'm excellent at living it every day, but um, that's why we practice. Yeah. It takes practice. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um it's funny. Like I would tell the, you know, having had Lyme twice now, I'd tell the first Lyme story and all the great things that came out of it. And like, there's no way I would have learned any of this if I didn't have to go through it. And da, 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 da. You know, you've like, and then when it happens again, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, right. I mean, 
it's like the thing that was like so great the first time around in hindsight, if it happens again, you're like, mother, you know? So it's also like, how do we, how do we recognize that a lot of this stuff that we perceive as a setback or a challenge or, you know what I mean? Painful is actually like the catalyst for our growth and like have a little bit of faith that even when it's hard in the midst of that shit, that when we look back and we've gained all of this skills and knowledge and, and, and the capacity to help others that comes from it, that that might also be like the greatest, one of the greatest things that ever happened to us. Yeah. You know, it's just that shift. Well, this has been fun and awesome. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, Thanks for having us. One more time, if you could share the phone number to Peak Health so people can call you guys if they want to book an appointment or, you know, get on the the calendar phone number and then peakhealthinstitute.com, right? Yep, yep. 630-791-9335. Cool. Revamping our social a little bit. I'm kind of always in process. Our website's kind of like being redone and uh, but we hope to kind of continue expanding our reach from a digital perspective and and presenting people with some cutting edge information that they can use and hopefully better themselves. So 100%. There's like a very small circle of people whose uh, knowledge and skill set I really respect and you guys are in that circle yeah. and um, and that's exhibited by how many of our coaching clients we refer over to you guys yeah. and uh, and yeah so thank you for doing what you do thank you and the people that you help and guys if you want help if you're dealing with chronic fatigue or brain fog or pain or Lyme or mold or any of the things that we discussed give them a call thanks for listening thanks thank you It's no secret that a ton of Hollywood celebrities from Sylvester Stallone to Suzanne Somers and athletes pay thousands of dollars a month for these anti-aging HGH injections. They're even prescribed by a number of alternative doctors who claim they're the closest thing that we have to the fountain of youth. But not only are human growth hormone injections prohibitively expensive, they can also screw up your body's natural HGH production and may lead to more serious health problems down the line. But what if you could experience the benefits of human growth hormone therapy without the cost or side effects? This is where BioPro comes in. BioPro is the faster, safer, easier, non-synthetic alternative to HGH therapy. These guys have developed cutting edge technology that delivers the benefits of HGH without the downsides of synthetic injections. They found a way to leverage the power of nature by combining the growth factors and protein cytokines that you get from using HGH to stimulate your body's natural HGH production. This stuff helps with your metabolism, insulin sensitivity, libido. It helps with muscle development, fat loss, athletic performance, recovery, VO2 max, power, speed. It's fucking magic. It helps with almost everything. What I love about this stuff, I look and feel younger on it. So go to bioproteintech.com and use coupon code biohacks and it will save you $30 off your first month's supply. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and enter discount code biohacks to save.